Hello, everyone. This is Michaela, and you're listening to the End All the Things podcast. As a life coach and facilitator, I work with individuals and groups to empower their best selves to shine to the betterment of all involved. My goal is always to bring you closer to trusting the voice inside of you that is authentically yours. My job here is no different. In my journey through life, I continue to meet people who use their authenticity, their gifts to grow, change, and serve through professional and personal endeavors. These people and their stories become my gift to you, for I cannot keep a good thing to myself. And I believe that they may inspire a part of your story to evolve. It is undoubtedly my pleasure to introduce to you Lori Espinoza. Please enjoy our conversation as we unravel life's mysteries discussing spirituality, healing, and authenticity. Lori, a multifaceted individual with a background spanning acting, banking, sports, therapy, and spiritual guidance, generously shares her personal odyssey. From a tumultuous childhood, Lori emerged with resilience, becoming emancipated at 15 and purchasing her first home at the age of 18. As a therapist today, she extends her hand to guide others through traumatic experiences, fostering personal transformation. You get to take a dive into her experiences with medicine journeys, divine spirit guides, and the challenges of parenthood. And this conversation is absolutely a transformative exploration of mentorship. I think you will marvel at how she sets her intentions, especially in this podcast, and is willing to pause to explore the spark of the moment. Throughout, though, Lori emphasizes the importance of being true to oneself, declaring that life is a mystery happening for us. Get ready for a riveting exchange that stirs emotions, inspires introspection, and invites you to explore your very own journey. This, my friends, is Lori Espinoza and all the things. All right, my friends, it is such a pleasure to introduce you to Lori Espinoza. She and I have had such a privileged opportunity to meet each other through Women of Tomorrow. And in that community, we have individually grown and she and I have come to grow together. And we are going to have a conversation that is amazing. Dare I say magical? Um, so tell me, Lori, who is Lori Espinoza? Wow. Um, thank you for that introduction. Yeah. Um, I work as a therapist, um, trauma and kind of life creation. I, I don't use the word life coach, but it ends up being that sort of um, situation a lot of times. Um, I guide people spiritually and I've I'll start out with like, I guess just the the young life of me was that I realized that I always wanted to be incessant in my communication with what I called God at that point. Mm -hmm. I still call it God, but it's a completely different thing than what I thought when I was a child. Um, And so I kind of channel uh, information constantly and, and I do that for myself and for others. And, um, I get to walk with people through some of the hardest times in their life and some of the most beautiful accomplishments of their life. And I find a lot of joy in that. I also teach um, courses about creation and about uh, 
about rea- the real, the real reality. <laughs> <laughs> um, not, not the one that we think is reality. That's right. Tell yeah. us, what is, tell us a little bit about that. Don't leave us hanging. Tell us the difference okay. between the real reality and reality, reality. I'll sum it up by telling you, I had a friend one time and, and she was a mentor to me and she was mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful soul. And she would tell me um, all this stuff about space and other alien kind of species or things like that. And <laughs> I didn't, I didn't ever really resonate with those words. So it was really weird for me. Mm-hmm. And I would say, yeah, but I have to work tomorrow. Like I have to go to work and I have to earn a living and I have right. to do this. And, um, and then a few years ago, I heard myself say something like that. It's like, oh, wow, I've been creating that over and over and over my whole life. And that's not true. And so I have a life of this beautiful freedom because I don't, I don't create the things that were told to me or that, you know, like the, the, the collective consciousness on our planet and especially in our country in the u.s um we have a lot of limitations and constraints on our on our life that, that don't need to be there and i've i've literally experimented so much with the life force that i call god mm-hmm. that i know that to be untrue at this point i know that i don't have to go earn a living or make make money or do whatever like i will be supported and cared for in the most magical of ways Mm-hmm. and um yeah so that's what I'm talking about <laughs> like I I do that constantly and I have made a practice of it I use a lot of plant medicines also and and I mean I guess they're not just plants there's wrong medicine <laughs> there's, but, um, there's, a, there's a lot emerging in that space today yeah so I've been in that space for a really long time too and so those those things all combine into what I know and what I help. That's so interesting. So, so you do work right with these, Mm -hmm. like you, you do earn a living, but it's not based on what, what's the difference between how you're earning a living today and the um, presumed expectations, whatever of how we're told to live today. Yeah. I, that's such a great question. What I experience in my life, um, like say this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I was going to, I'm coming on the podcast and I'm like, Oh, maybe I should launch a course. Maybe I should do this. Maybe, oh, I have all these ideas about like what I should be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I sitting down to like, do that, to mm-hmm. actually do the work of putting together some stuff. Okay. And, and there's a deep inside me, there's a deep, you no. Know, that's not what you're going to do. And so then I have to turn back to like, okay, so I have all kinds of tools to Mm -hmm. speak to, to divinity. Okay. So, so what I did in this instance is I used an Oracle called the, the I Ching, which I'm sure lots of people are familiar with. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the I Ching is like Confucius book of changes. They attribute it to the Confucius, but nobody knows who wrote this book. Okay. Big fat thick book. Yep. I've you know? seen it and before. I didn't know there was an unknown about the authorship. Yeah, there's an unknown about the authorship. Okay. It's translated by several people, but it's nobody knows who wrote it. But they call it Confucius Book of Changes. And so um 
So I asked like how, and I asked this very question. The question I asked was, I, I actually have my notebook here. So let me just look at it so that, cause it's so pointed. I asked, how can I best be successful in broadening my reach and teaching courses to hundreds of people at a time? So there was no ambiguity about what I was asking. Mm -hmm. What was said in the text is, um, I'm gonna paraphrase what was told to me, that when the timing is not right and when, when it hasn't come from spirit, that there's nothing for me to do, that it's mostly like a retirement, that, that the best thing for me to do is nothing and is to stick to my values and to just be. And, um, and so it was really like, whoa, that's, beautiful. that's, yeah, it's beautiful. And it made me feel like, huh, do I contribute enough to my household? Do I do this? Do I do that? And, and so it sent me on a, a little spin out of thought and, and I went to my husband and asked him, um, Hey, like, but also the, the book of changes changes too. So like there's two readings. So that wow. first said, don't do anything. And then the second reading said in the months of March and April or whatever it said, it said like in the spring, things come into life and that's, and, and you need to pay attention inside. And when, when the right time, it's the right time you will know. Mm -hmm. And um, mm. I mean, one of my, my totem animals or whatever, one of my spirit guides is con is a condor. And so um, the condor bridges like the upper world and this world and the messages come through. So I don't, I don't ever think of like, it's not my work that I'm bringing through. It's, it's something that's told to me that I'm bringing through. And if it's not being coming through, then I have no business talking about it. That's so, so interesting. And I think, I think what it, you know, to boil it down to, you know, to our listeners today, it's almost, it's just listening, right? It, it's being clear in what you're asking, right? I've been thinking a lot, the, the Garth Brooks song, some of God's greatest gifts are all too often <laughs> unanswered prayers. Yeah, I love that. Um, that's kind of been in my head this week. And, you know, there's just, I've, I've had a really intense week. It's been a tough week, but I'm so proud of how I've, kept my head up, my shoulders, my clarity on what I was going for, right? Like the ability to say, oh, I could get, I could get sucked in the weeds and lost in the mess of all this, or I could keep moving and get out of the weeds and get further beyond, right? But it meant I had to know what I was asking for. I had to authentically and clearly ask the right, make the right quest, make, uh, put the right intention into the world. So what you're saying is living intentionally, but not just paying attention to what comes our way, but what we're inviting and how we're inviting it. And, and not just in the, how, what our bodies are doing, right? Like how we're behaving in the world, but how we're believing and thinking in the world. So is that a daily practice for you to, how, do, how does, are you asking questions all day through the condor to, to spirit or is it a like, do you sit down in the morning and have these conversations? How do you really, I guess, how do you stop? How do you manage the flow in your day-to-day -day life? Because that sounds like it could be a lot of traffic. Yeah. It's very funny that you asked that. And even that you said a lot of traffic because um, in a, in the last medicine journey, 
I did. And it's not just the condor. I was just using the sure. condor. Thing, That's but, today's example. Yeah. As, as um, in the last journey I did, I was speaking to uh, what I'll call my star parents, my, my star family. And, um, and I said, uh, I was just asking questions mm -hmm. and they said, here's the thing is that you ask too many questions too fast. And so I have, I have varicose veins that show up sometimes. And they said, that's why you have varicose veins because we're pushing too much information through your body. And wow. it would be nice if you ask one question and let us answer. And, uh, and I really enjoy taking naps, but I have like, um, you know, like, oh, you should be doing, you should be working, you should be, you should be, you should be, right? I, mm -hmm. I have that kind of voice in my head sometimes. And they said, um, you need to realize that just because thoughts happen doesn't mean that they're, they're coming from a higher place. They're just that, like, the mind is always going to be the mind and the mind is always going to be the ego, right? And so you don't have to listen to that. You can just mm -hmm. understand that right now you're hearing our voice and we're telling you when you ask a question that's really important, go sleep hmm. because then we can implant all the information easier on your body. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> and uh, I mean, just beautiful messages like that. They're always very practical. I, I, I remember one time I asked, this was many, many years ago. I was asking about like my mortgage or something. And I was asking, I was talking to, to Jesus actually. And I was asking this question about my mortgage and he like laughed. At me. It was like, uh, He's like, you have this opportunity like, with Jesus. I don't like, I care about your mortgage. <laughs> like, why don't you like <laughs> a mortgage broker <laughs> like, why, what, like why you need to understand that who you're asking matters mm -hmm. and so it's just a really interesting it's interesting because i i have access to many many um guides yeah and, and it's a lovely thing because they're, they're people are they're funny you know <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible i mean i guess you have to have a sense of humor to be eternal you know mm -hmm. so, so how did you how did you come to find this i'm gonna say gift but i also want to say i think we all have this gift yeah i if, agree and i'm not i'm not there yet right but i if we can just turn down the noise all of us and i i like the I pride myself on asking a lot of questions as a coach. That's my job, right? Yeah, like, you I ask do. great questions. I <laughs> things. And right, as a host, like it's my job. But at yeah. the same time, there's a time and a place for that, right? And I, I remember years ago having a shift in whatever kind of prayer I was doing. And instead of asking, oh, dear God, please save me from this catastrophe. Right. It shifted to please God. Now today, it's a lot more, please source. I still call it God too, because it's just so tangible for people, right? Yeah. They, they understand. Yeah. I think God's too small, but we go with it because it, you know, people roll. Um, but shifting it to give me the courage, give me the clarity, give me the patience 
to see what this is teaching me to, Mm -hmm. to see how I can, you know, this week I'm learning to trust people and pull people in and get support. And that's weird a little bit, right? Because we just move through life. So it's, it, it's the, the given the take in that way. Um, yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. Let me put my head back on straight here. That's uh, beautiful. I mean, I love what you just said and oh, thank you. Some, something I was, I started to say earlier that, that I got sidetracked, but I'm learning that too. Like, um, you know, when I felt that, oh, should I be making more money or seeing more clients or doing, you know, I, I have a very free life and, and so many, we lived in Los Angeles before. Now we live in New Mexico and, um, you know, like, especially when I do medicine journeys, all of a sudden, all kinds of people come out of the woodwork and they're like, Hey, I need to talk to you. I need to talk mm-hmm. to you. Tell me and, more. And then when it's, when it's not, no, I don't, I haven't even told them they just come. Oh, wow. <laughs> And so oh, well. <laughs> when, when, um, when it's not that way yeah. or having quiet time, I, I still fall into like the, this rea- the, the reality of 3d that's like, I'll, I just say 3d, not that I even care about what, what that even means. I just mean our day to day now, right? The, the time and the space evening. and the culture we live uh, in, the belief systems yeah, and expectations. Exactly that. And- Let's call that's, that. That's the that's one real, right? And the other real is the world where there is no time. We're all connected, and right, uh, it's magical. <laughs> but yeah, what what, what I was saying is like my husband. I went to him and said, like, "Hey, do you think like I should? Do you feel like I'm not contributing enough when I'm just being whatever he was?" And he was so amazing. If I had never asked him this. I would never know how wonderful his answer. And it was so beautiful. He was just like, um, no, absolutely not. I think what you should do is write every day and, you know, like let all this come to you because that's your gift in the world. And I like, we, we need nothing from you. And it was that's just wonderful, like amazing. Now let's, let's go or there. Was that a hard conversation to yeah, have? It was- right hard conversation to ask because it was so vulnerable it was a amazing message to receive you know so I, I get choked up but it but it was just so lovely mm-hmm. and I was you know I, I realized like what I've been asking for a lot now is just articulation because I used to um get like frustrated and and then the words wouldn't um form right and so I'm so used to channeling so so when I speak to people and I'm not channeling and and my words aren't aren't coming across or it was my with my daughter or my husband like I would resort to frustration and sometimes even like one time I asked like how can I stop cursing because I used to curse a lot and I curse once in a while but but um but it told what they told me was uh, that it's just that I don't have the right words yet. And so it's frustrating for me because stuff flows through me so fast that, that if I don't have the right words, I get frustrated. So, so my, my, my intentions these days are articulation, you know, and, and You're doing a lovely a- job. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> just Thanks. want to affirm you right here in that moment. 
Um, I, I just want to honor and thank you for your vulnerability. Um, you know, we, and it's so interesting. We, we walk the same path in so many ways and our lives are yet so different, but in my relationship with my husband, we're having a very similar dynamic right now of like having to have conversations that we haven't really had before in our marriage and not that it's bad, but it's just, you said vulnerable and it's putting your naked self on the table, right? Not in the fun way. And just saying, here I am. Is it enough? Right. Is it enough? And I I want to pat my husband on the back as well, because I got a very similar response and it's, it just feels so good to be safe. And if we're not speaking authentically and on, not even just authentically, right. But just honestly, and getting the words out any way we can, they all live in our head and in the vacuum. Right. And that that's like creating daily trauma, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's really no need for that, but you know, here we are two coaches, right. Two people who guide other people through life saying not all parts of us are fully healed yet or, or fully right. formed or fully, you know, acknowledged and that's okay. Yeah. Right. Like it's, that's, I think what makes me a better coach is because I don't, I'm not perfect. That right. I'm going to need this, but right. Like none of us are, we're our own crazy little version of perfect. So how did you know, like, when did you start? I'm sure you, the voices were always there, right? Like always some kind of presence, but there's a difference between hearing them and listening to them and then being able to say to the world, I am however you want to call yourself, right? right? What was that process like? Or, and roundabout, where are we in life time-wise? When that was, it was interesting. Um, I think I mentioned like early, I remember watching my grandparents pray Mm. and they were very, very, very Catholic, but not, um, they weren't like, like I had never had any bad connotations of religion. Like I didn't, I couldn't subscribe to like certain values that Mm -hmm. religion had at all and didn't. And, and early on started going to different churches. And I mean, I've literally gone all over. I've gone to Egypt and, and studied there. And I mean, I, I have, I like my minor in college was religion and Eastern and, uh, and my, my major was math. And so, so like, I've always had it on the back burner of my life, but it came to what I, what I tell my, my clients is like, when you begin in earnest to let God lead your life or let the universe or source lead your life or to co-create with source in earnest, everything changes. And I, and I do think that that's a trajectory. I don't think that somebody who's 15 should start doing that. I think that you have to, there's a reason we're here. It's a journey. Hey there, amazing listeners of And All The Things. It's your host, Michaela here, your partner in growth and joy, coming to you with an exciting opportunity. Are you ready to infuse your life with a burst of positivity, perspective, and purpose? I am thrilled to announce to you that the course for joy, brought to you by Joy Enterprises and yours truly, is available for you today. If this podcast has tickled your brain to think beyond where you are, 
you are ready to embark on a transformative journey where you'll discover the boundless joy you deserve. Life surely can get hectic and self-care often takes a back seat. That's why we've designed this four-week self-guided adventure to seamlessly fit into your daily routine. So in just 15 minutes, a few times a week, the enlightening video lessons, engaging workbooks, and open office hours will guide you through a journey of self-discovery and personal growth. As a special bonus, once you enroll in the course for joy, you'll receive an offer for an exclusive 50-minute live one-to-one coaching session to discuss your progress and where to go from here. We'll chart your course of joy together, celebrating your progress and creating space for your next steps. Are you ready to paint your life with vibrant joy and purpose? Head over to myjoycoach.com to learn more about the transformative course for joy. Let's amplify your joy and ignite your purpose together. It's an evolution, right? Yeah. Like, so, so you don't skip over the parts, but I right. think earnest. Yeah, it's hard to pin, pinpoint an age because it was always happening. I was a banker for J.P. Morgan in my late twenties and thir- and my early thirties. I was still in finance, and um, and it was already telling me for many years, like this ain't it. And um, how did you know? Because a lot of times when we're in the situation and we hear the voice saying, girl, you're wrong, we just have to, we tend to, right? Unless we're connecting, block it out, right? Just push it away and push it away. Mm-hmm. Um, were you able to acknowledge that girl, no? Or did you just, you know, move through and say, not now? Or I was always <laughs> able to acknowledge, but, but not because it was, um, easy but because it was so painful to not be myself right you know to not it was life was painful when I was trying to be someone else mm-hmm. and um I'll just I'll say this thing that was said to me the other day was um by my parents by my star parents not my my life parents but they said um they said there are billions of stars and the game of life is finding out which one you are. Hmm. And every person, there are billions and billions and every person is a unique emanation or seed of a star. And that once you know who you are, this plane feels different and will be so much easier. And I was kind of throwing a tantrum at the time and talking to them. And I was saying like, no, this this plane is not for me. They were like, no, this is your home. Like you just don't feel at home because you haven't understood who you are yet. And, um, and so I was like, well, when will it be my day? And I was like, <laughs> I'm basically like throwing a tantrum. And, and then, you know, there was this huge ceremony and it was just beautiful, but I found out who I am. Mm-hmm. And, it was so funny because when I understood what was being said to me, every moment of the last at least 30 years of my life made sense in a row. Like, oh, 
that's what that was. That was like, well, and I, that's the beauty of it. Is, is leaving themselves clues. So yes. all of us will have that experience because we're leaving ourselves clues all the time. And that's the evolution, right? That's how it builds. And you can't just go from the beginning to the ha- like happy, perfect, you know, celebratory, I know who I am. It's, we have to try things out, bump and curve and wave and, and that takes endurance, right? So do you have um, mentors here on this physical plane that you, that you look to, like how has mentorship been yeah, a part sure. of your human experience? Absolutely. Um, and I've had mentors for everything. Um, I have a, 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 I have a brother who's like powerhouse mm-hmm. and he just, just get shit done, you know, <laughs> and he's, and he's, he's powerful. And he, he's like, he's a little bit hard on the edges. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's not the nicest, sweetest person, but he's, but he's a gentle teddy bear, but he, yeah, he's, he's a good my big brother for, for like accomplishing things. Like I, I built this house from the ground wow. and it was rough. And, and so I go to him when I need like a hard, like, slap of a you at one time I went to him crying and I walked in his room and I was crying already and he was like he went like this he like pointed at the door and said I don't have time for this <laughs> and he's like whatever I called him I was so pissed and 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 it was so funny because I walked out and what I was going to him for was like to fix uh like a backhoe to fix a piece of a machine that I can't like I didn't I could do and I went home and I did it by myself and it worked and I was like oh shit (laughs) it's like but it becomes that like learned helplessness right and you become well I go to him for this and he fixes it and then it enables you to not. And now, you know, you're a total badass. All you it was so funny though. Like later he came back and said, Hey, I'm really sorry that I did that to you. But it's, he said these words, he said, it's hard for me to feel sorry for somebody who can create life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Whoa. And he's a, like way. I, I said that can create light create like like who who can who's who's like has a life that they're creating like yours like I can't feel sorry for you you need to stop crying and pick yourself up and figure it out well but it's if you look at it in that situation you manifested exactly what you both needed you walked in didn't get the results you wanted you walked out you took the situation that you created and you gave space for him to reflect and deepen that relationship yeah. Now you're not going to run to him every time there's a little hiccup. You might stop and say, wait, can I just quick YouTube this and knock it out real yeah. quick? And then yeah. go see if he wants to go get lunch, you know? Yeah. It's uh, very funny because it does happen that way. But I also have mentors like, um, and I've had therapists over time and, and coaches over time. So uh, like Michael Beckwith was a very big part of my my journey at some point. I've had the privilege to be around a lot of very wonderful spiritual people in my life, you know, and even if it wasn't for long periods, their mentorship has always been there. Like I can always go 
find something they say or like, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't think mentorship has to be one-on-one and and a personal relationship all the time. So there are lots of people who I would consider mentors. But I think it it just goes back to, are you clear on what you need and do you know how to get it? Right. Like that's what mentorship is. Sometimes if I, if I just need a little inspiration in the form of mentorship, I, I, there are a couple of Instagram accounts I can go to, right. Just to get the brain dancing a little bit, but it's just being able to say, I have a need, I have a desire, I have an interest and to be able to explore that with the people here around us. So in addition to all these beautiful um, therapeutic and divine aspects of you, what are some interesting fun facts? It sounds like you've lived all over the place. You've done fun jobs. You've, you know, got a family. Tell us some interesting things about you. This is end all the things anyway. <laughs> Honey, um, yeah, I've had a crazy life. So some interesting things are that when is that interesting or is that weird? (laughs) Yes. The answer is yes. Go for it. (laughs) So when I was, I got emancipated from my parents when I was 15 years old, I moved to another state Mm. and lived on my own. And, you know, just, I was, I was a baby and I didn't even know, like now that I have a 15 year old, right. And I was living on my own at like 16 years old. In another I was just going to say, I just hugged myself listening to the idea of you being emancipated at 15. Those must have been some extraordinary circumstances. Right? Yeah. Like, I've talked I, about some of them. You, yeah. And so, so it's just, that was really funny. I bought my first house when I was almost 18 and I had to like, I had to write a letter to a board of lending at a bank because I wasn't old enough to enter into a contract. Wow. And so, you know, like there was, there was a lot of, and I love my family. That's the funniest thing is that like, I, I love my mother, even though I don't really, I can't, I don't really have a day-to-day relationship with her. And, um, and I pray for her every day and I know her journey is really hard, but like my star family has told me like, Hey, her job is done. You came through that umbilical cord and, and that that's a portal into your world. Mm-hmm. And she gave you that. And that was all she needed to give you. Wow. And so it helps me with my own daughter when I, when I like want to shape her too much. And I have to realize like, I'm not her mother. The earth is her mother. I've had many iterations of life. I've lived all over the place. And uh, and I just continue learning and growing. And I, I, I really love life. And I really experiment with life. I'm not somebody who, I, I, like if somebody says, hey, this, is, this works, I will try it on a hundred. <laughs> what kind of things have you tried that have oh, God, like, worked or not worked? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, like, classes like before before this era where everything is available to every everyone I was I've taken classes about everything about content <laughs> clients would come and be like have you ever heard of this thing I'm like oh I'm so oh, yeah. <laughs> so excited the first time I jumped out of a plane like I got, <laughs> I got like whatever you call that like I got certified to jump out. like I didn't jump. 
like I'm just the kind of person who's like I All go a hundred percent. I feel this, like, I'm like, let's just try it all. Why, why not? And people take this the, the wrong way, but like, I'm an opportunist, not in a way that's going to damage or hurt or take from right. other people, not that kind of opportunist, right? Yeah. yeah. But I had an opportunity to take a karate class when I was in my mid twenties and lo and behold, almost three years later, I earned my black belt, right? Yeah. I took an opportunity. I tried it. I said, let's go for it. Why so not? You want to, I want to take a, a, why not a painting class or whatever. And, you right. know, with my kids now that they're getting a little bit bigger and I'm not as responsible for managing all their comings and goings, you know, I just have to drive them places. I want to get back into that and do more yeah. of that kind of spontaneous stuff. But I listen to podcasts. I read books. I, I talk to people. I do this podcast so I can learn more. Right. I just want to be a big total dork. Where do you, you know, where do you align on the dorkness? It sounds like you and I have a lot in common. Like, in the dorkness. <laughs> I, I, <Are> you, <laughs> where do you get your information? Like, what keeps you updated? Are you podcasts? Do you read books? I read a lot. Um, I, I read a lot. I channel information a lot. So, so I don't, when I say channel, I don't mean that like I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sharing that with anyone or doing that. I, I occasionally do it for people, but it's not what I like to do. Okay. Um, I, uh, I do a lot of medicine. If I, if I need, if I need help, then I'm going where I can get help. And can we um, talk about that. I want to know a little bit more. So when you talk about, um, you know, psychedelics and plant-based mm -hmm. medicines, right. Or I don't think that's the right language, but how do you use them and what is the what is the purpose of them in in as you see it because it's a big conversation today right yeah. it's, it's showing up in in all manners of places right right which is wonderful it's which wonderful is, and it's so and important that people different. understand it right and have some some frame of reference because yeah. you know yeah when i was in college i knew a lot about psychedelics <laughs> yeah. however sorry mom if you're listening um, however, you know, it's a totally different understanding of what we're talking about today. Right. So, yeah. Educate so, us a little bit. So for me, everything is sacred. So maybe a, a good way to even introduce that is like at some point during a ceremony, I was handed a, a big shell full of coca leaves. And I was told that the coca leaf is one of the most uh, sacred plants. And I, I've only ever done natural medicine. I've never, I've never even done LSD. Mm -hmm. um, like I don't, I don't subscribe to anything human born. The shaman or the, or the practitioner told me, you can make amends to any substance you've ever abused. Mm -hmm. And that went so far for me. It wasn't just things called drugs or, or, I mean, it was sugar. It was. Yeah. It was every substance it was and, and it still happens sometimes where I'm like, oh, I'm abusing this thing right now. Mm -hmm. I'm using it to cover up some hole in me right now. Yeah. And so that could be foods, that could be anything. But, but to answer your question, how I use medicine is um, 
and I, and we talked about like getting nervous about things, you know, like, like there was a point in time where I used to get nervous or sometimes I still do. Um, especially when a medicine has a lot of physicality to it. Um, and, and physicality, meaning that you physicality feel it means like you might purge, you okay. might mm-hmm. have ataxia in your body. And so, um, so I always do things ceremonially. There's only one medicine that I actually feel comfortable offering to people or not one, one actual, like really deep one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's things that are, that are fine, but they're not psychedelic. They're not mind altering or psychoactive, I would say. So it's always ceremonial. It's always sacred. And one thing that was said to me one time, it was, uh, I was about to do Bufo, which is a, uh, like a DMT frog. It's a frog benefit that, that you smoke. The fact that I was smoking it and my brother was, is an addict. Like there was a lot of like, wait, I don't, it wasn't settling for me. Yeah. And so, so I sat down to meditate and pray about it. And God or the life force said to me, you know, people come to you and you give them like advice or you, you not advice, but you help them through things. Mm-hmm. This is like coming to me, coming directly to me. And so that's what medicine is for me. It's coming directly to the source and all these different medicines are taking you to the same source, but by different routes. Like okay. you're just taking a different road in you're, you're learning something more like, like some medicines are about your soul and, and like you and you. And some medicines are you and God, and some medicines are you and nature, and some medicines are you and love. But there's, they're all, they all lead you to the same place that, that like we are on this planet, just like every other creature on this planet, and we are enough. We are unique and, and learning to like be our true whole self mm-hmm. is a whole journey. Yeah. is the whole purpose of life. And so, yeah, I don't even know what you asked, but I hope. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you, so you bought a house when you're 18, which is like super mature, right? But you had already been emancipated. Um, am I right that you have acting in your past in addition to being a yeah. banker? Yeah. Um, I acted for a while in Los Angeles and mostly like commercial work and, and different little things, but, but I loved it. It was so much fun. And I really loved, like, I would still love to act anyway, but I don't because I just don't have time, but, but it ended up just being like, Oh, you have to do a lot of work without getting paid. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, if I'm going to work, I'm going to get paid. Like, the whole auditioning process and everything like you know it's it's a lot of work mm-hmm. work hard and um but it's so much fun I loved it it was always like like being able to know who you are in a situation that that has no consequences is a lovely thing it's it's very much like learning who you are so I, I loved acting in that way Well, that's what I was going to ask. Like, how does playing, putting yourself in the mindset and body of other people, characters, right? How does that help one identify more with themselves? Like, how do you, 
you know, because it's, yeah. oh, I like that. I didn't like that. Is, is it like trying on coats, right? Like, oh, this one feels good. And maybe I'll adopt a little Rachel or maybe I'll adopt a little Monica or maybe I need a little feed. I wonder, um, you know, I was never enough of an actor to say that I really, you know, like, know how it is to like play a character like right. a you know like queen elizabeth like to put myself into a period role but right. um something that's so type yeah some something that there's already someone yeah that has no i don't have any well i guess i do because i i work with clients every day so i have to become the someone that they are to fully understand you know but for me I remember like a director saying they wanted something they want, they wanted more of this, more of that, whatever. And I said, well, just, just tell me the emotion you're looking for. Mm. You don't have to tell me how to do it. Mm -hmm. Tell me the emotion you're looking for. And that for me, like, I remember that director and I having a conversation later and he was like, that was the most helpful thing I've ever heard in my career. And I think and that goes to, directors, to your... that's what they're doing. You know, I wasn't coming up with that. I had just had other directors that would say, right. Hey, I want, but it, but it's that you picked up on that and paid attention to it. And you probably use that with the people you work with today. Right. Because we cannot, uh, yes, we can manifest, but like, we can't create the exact conditions of tomorrow. I want, I just know how I want to feel and what right. I want to be experiencing and what else could it be. And, you know, uh, just oh, what do you want it to feel like is so different than what do you want it to be like? Hey, hey, my lovely listeners of and all the things. Remember that incredible episode number 21 with my dear friend Ella Majors? Well, we have got thrilling news for you. I am very excited and honored to join with Ella and her mission as an affiliate for her 22 Reboot program. Having gone through the program myself, I can attest to its ability to deliver results and growth, both personally and professionally. So here's what's up. You know you have earned the accolades, you have done the work, you have achieved massive success, and you've conquered it all. But you've neglected the one asset you cannot afford to lose, your health. What if in just 22 days, you could feel freaking fantastic? What if you could completely reboot your life and health, allowing you the energy, the clarity, and the drive to continue conquering the world? The 22 Reboot will get you there. After just 22 days of following this revolutionary transformation system, Hundreds of successful entrepreneurs, including myself, have experienced massive, measurable results, all while making conscious, ethical, and compassion-based lifestyle choices that honor our planet and the animals who live here. It is time to disrupt your life so that you, and only you, can save it. So join the hundreds of people whose lives have already been changed thanks to Ella's expert coaching. Her coaching material, content, and direction aligns so beautifully with the work I do here at Joy Enterprises. The difference is she pulls in the plant-based and wellness factors that I don't have the experience for. So because I cannot keep a good thing to myself, I have to tell you about this. 
So if it's got you interested, please click the link in the show notes or reach out directly and feel free to ask as many questions as you want because you are worth it. It is time for you to commit to yourself, your body, and the planet in the very same way that you have committed to your business, your family, your life, and all the things that you've said yes to. And let's do this. Right. Right. Because if, right. yeah, because we have such a small, um, a small understanding of life, you know, like, and language. And we can't. Yeah, exactly. Language is so limiting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the felt sense and having a body, like having this privilege of, a temple in which we experience life mm-hmm. is completely different when you don't have a temple, you know, like what, when you do these medicines, a lot of times you're walking out of your body and that um, it's lovely and wonderful. <laughs> and if I didn't have a body, I wouldn't get to be with my husband or my daughter or play tennis. I'm a, I'm a huge lover of tennis I play I play tennis and pickleball constantly all the time yeah yeah Yeah. and so that joy of physicality is something that I really value and I I value like the other funny thing that I could have said or that I will say (laughs) is that I love operating heavy equipment is that why you have a backout (laughs) absolutely I don't have one it's my brother's but but I have a skin (laughs) I love operating heavy equipment and I love like, um, like if I could be like Sigourney Weaver on aliens and like be in a machine, like fighting aliens, I don't want to fight anyone, but, but I would love to be a transformer. <laughs> like in some ways I'm a transformer of consciousness, but I would love to play so funny. <laughs> of transformation with, with machinery. Cause I love that stuff. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> Now, um, is, is that where you get into building your house? Like, did you yourself like hammer and nails or did you design and instruct? All of it. Um, I, I designed the house and, and I, um, I built it with hammer and nails and everything else. But, um, my husband did a lot more than I did. And, um, and he, and he's a musician. My husband's a a (laughs) professor. musician okay one one time like years ago a couple years ago we were we were like having a little argument and I was like do you even like me anymore and he said are you insane like do you do you understand building a house right now like do you want to build a house like this is for you right I'm building you a house that was like sounds wonderful uh, this man is building a house and has to like learn everything. He he's never done used anything like this, and so like he's that takes so, courage. Yeah, it's it, and it you know it was it like they say like building a house if your marriage can survive that can survive anything. Can survive like, anything. But it, it's true. Like it's really rough. It's hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I yeah. can't even imagine like that. That, that takes audacity. Yeah, like, and, like that's and an audacious challenge. It is, it is. <laughs> and as a child, like I built a day spa too. I used to have a, a day spa with sensory deprivation tanks. So I've been in like the consciousness arena forever. Um, wow. 
That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've uh, just uh, I just talked to some friends who did the sensory deprivation stuff, and they had an interesting experience. But um, it's definitely got my curiosity peaked. Yeah, yeah. It was it was great. Like the first time I ever got in a float tank, it literally healed all my wounds from my abusive father. Oh my gosh! Like in an hour. And that for me was like, then I was like, oh, I'm quitting my career. I, I was like literally taking the CFA the next day, the Charter Financial Analyst exam, which is like the bar of finance, yep. right? And so I'm taking my first exam and I get in a float tank the day before. And it was so profound. Like I had an hour session and I remember them knocking on the door and I was like, oh, I'll just buy the next hour, I said. And they were like, you can't, it's booked. And I was like, well, I'll try to get out then. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can move. No, but I can. But it was so profound that I what is it about? abandoned my career and opened a day spa. But I, but I also like, that's one thing that I had to learn about myself is that I can be so impulsive and that's not good for me. Like I need to ride that wave. Like my human design is like a wave of, of, I can't do things in the moment because I get too excited in a moment. Right. Hmm. So how do you manage that now? Right. Like you've got a house and a family and all the things. How do you, how do you keep check of that? Let's call it impulsivity maybe, or yeah. that, that immediate burn and desire. I'm super know. aware of it now. You know, I have like really vast interests and, mm -hmm. and do a lot of them. Um, but I, I'm very, I wouldn't say I'm, a ma I, I'm masterful yet, but I'm, but you're mindful because I'm, I'm mindful and I'm always working towards mastery. And so, so I'm not masterful. The evolution. That's, that's how but, we grow, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, what, what's told to me during journey is always really important and that that pause of like hey we're pushing too much information through you so I pay attention to like hey how are my veins feeling even mm. and how um like is there a pause I need to take right now or whatever like I write a lot and um yeah those practices like you asked me before about do I sit down in the morning and have intentions and I'm kind of a moment to moment every I have a pause like before we got on our call I wrote down intentions I stopped mm -hmm. I stop a lot and so that's really that's how I function I, I'm aware you, you you've mentioned a lot of things and some of them I've let go by and I'd love to go back and finish up on them one real quick, I just want to touch on, um, thank you for sharing your vulnerability again about your childhood with your dad. I would love to know more about the tank and how the sensory deprivation can heal in that way. And I don't imagine that's everyone's experience right out the gates. Um, but so can we run back and touch on that? And then I'll pull us back into the conversation. Sure, sure. Because um... I'm very curious. I don't know. Um, so I don't, I wouldn't say it's the float tank that, the, or the sensory deprivation tank that has to be the, so what I tell clients is like, Hey, you can look through, you can look for technique or for, for, for these things forever. But what you really want to do 
is dive into the layers of consciousness and, and the, the dimensions of reality. And so I think that for me, I am very open to other dimensions constantly. So when I had a space of complete darkness with no, um, no sensory input, I go straight to, you know, like it was almost like going for the jugular, like the most painful experience of my life was suddenly on the plate Mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, this is what it was. Mm -hmm. And, um, Hmm. so I think that's from, for me, that's how it goes. And like meditation can go that way for me too. Like if I, I can just dive into like the deepest spot, but, but not like I have another friend, like my friend, one of my friends, Scott, he, he can meditate for like ever. I can't do that at all. <laughs> no. Like I might need the help of, of medicine or something, but I can go to the deepest place I need to go pretty immediately under the, under those circumstances. And I think all roads lead to the same place. I don't think everyone should do medicine. I, I don't think everyone should think that a float tank should, mm-hmm. is the answer, but, but but it could help, right? But quieting, all it is, is quieting the the, the mind right. and the sensory input, the, the see, hear, feel of life, the, yep. you know, the feeling, the hearing, the, the visuals, and, um, and then going to those parts, like you said, those parts that are, are having use. I don't know how you worded it. It was really beautiful, but... I think every part of us just needs support. And so I, I literally bought one of those boppy pregnancy pillows the other day. Oh. And the woman was like, oh, well, do you need a stroller? Do you need this? Do you need this? <laughs> bought it off of like marketplace. You're like, no. Like, no, I actually don't have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the pillow. It's like for my, for my whole posture to be at ease. Mm-hmm. my friend was saying I can't believe how lazy you are <laughs> like you can't hold your arms up and I said it's not lazy it's that it's, it's that different when- like I found myself just adjusting yeah. Like, yeah when you have trauma in your body you tend to to hold stress in different places really telling my body like hey you're important enough to me you are a temple mm-hmm. of divine love and so I'm going to like right now I have my feet on a footrest. Nice. Because I want my whole body to be completely supported so that my mind is at ease and and I can fully let go. Be here now, not in the the holding up of the physical self, right? right. Like I want to tell the right. physical self that it's safe, it can relax and let yeah, exactly. magic happen. You know, support is so important for that. Like yeah, like I, I did this, I, I do courses nonstop. <laughs> but like I did this whole biology of trauma thing. And it was so lovely because this doctor, she's, she's a medical doctor and she just talked about like, oh, how much support our bodies absolutely need. And I've been supporting my body forever. So <laughs> I'm a critical therapist too. So it's just so important to me mm-hmm. to be comfortable to be comfortable on in this life and on this plane called earth and in a body. Yeah. Comfort and safety and, and, and freedom, right? Like, you know, I here in my forties, I'm just working to put this body in a place where it will go the distance with me. Right. Yeah. It will, 
keep up with me for all the things I want to do for the next 40, you know? Yeah. Um, what phase of life do you think you're in? What are there chapters? I think we talked yeah. about this, right? Like act, is this act three for you? I, I think of phases as like seven year periods, roughly. I think I'm 47, but I feel like I'm always kind of ahead of, and I feel like it's the best one for me. I look forward to, to like the grace of meaning over motivation from like striving and all of that to like relaxation and rest. And that's not like, I will still play tennis forever and swim and do things like that. I'm taking a a hospice training and it's not my first one. I I also did a, a death doula kind of thing a long time ago. So I, I love that liminal space where, where there are other people I can talk to that, that are in two worlds. Mm-hmm. It's not always easy to, to bridge that, you know, that would be like, that should be, wouldn't it be great if that was a requirement for people to be in hospice, to be able to have that intuitive channel open and just really, I mean, wow, what kind of comfort you can bring. That's incredible. And so, okay, you've talked about tennis a lot. Let's go ahead and, and dig in a little bit to tennis. Why tennis? How did you get into tennis? I mean, were you playing as a child before you were emancipated or did you grow into this? I started playing tennis after college as an adult. It's kind of like sensory deprivation tanks. It's like you're on your own. I, I play a lot of singles. I play some doubles, but you're on your own. And if you're with another person... I am so aware of, okay, I'm, I'm feeling this person's Mm -hmm. nervousness or anger or whatever. Like I I have to navigate that in between space of me and my partner. And, um, and I have a dear friend who, who um, has this business called love, uh, love my devil's partner. And she teaches these wonderful classes where you go out and you play with all these different women and you tell them like, Hey, this is the great, the best thing about being your partner. And these are the things. Oh, that how nice it's is that? Wonderful. It's so wonderful. And I, and I teach some like mental strategies for high school players. Um, so for me, tennis combines that consciousness aspect with the love of physicality mm-hmm. you know? and, and, I just, I, I love sports. I, I play basketball. I play a lot of sports. So but, then but- how, how does that, you know, you've talked about being, you know, like all in, let's go for it kind of person. You have a love of tennis and so does your daughter. Mm-hmm. Where is the conflict there? Not necessarily between you and yeah. she, but you and you in how you're interpreting your passion and love for this game your absolute love for your daughter and wants for her, how are you meshing those two? Yeah, that's been a journey for me. Um, early on, she, she was a really promising player young and, um, and I think I ruined it for her pretty quickly. Like by, <laughs> by the time she was, I don't say that to be mean to myself. I did both me and my husband did. We were always pushing her. And, uh, and when she was 11, she said, I don't want to play anymore. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't play. And then we moved to New Mexico when she was 
14 and, and she was in eighth grade and, and, a, and a high school coach contacted us and said, Hey, we heard that you have a daughter that played tennis. And like one of my like recreational coaches had told them like, Hey, this girl can play. Mm-hmm. And uh, she went out and she started playing varsity tennis in eighth grade and she's still playing wow. and she, she does really well. And it's this year that I have found this freedom to like, no, I, I had to come to it in my own playing too, like where I used to get upset with myself if I lost and, and I had to really face like, oh, like what value do I have if I'm, if I'm winning and what value do I have if I'm losing and, and why is it that I'm valuing myself less if I'm not the person who won today? And that That's was a, a dose of, of reality we all need. Yeah, it was a really it was the endeavor. A really emotional time when I when I started like deeply looking at that, like, oh, I devalue myself if I'm not the victor, mm. and and so now I don't do that anymore for myself or her. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I and I realize now, like, if I'm gonna say something to her from the bleach like you know what I mean like afterward if I'm telling her oh you were doing this or you're doing that like yeah that's really freaking easy to say when you're not on bleachers the- <laughs> doing all the work and like you don't know anything you're saying because mm-hmm. you're not in the moment with her and um and so that's been you know like just a walk that I'm still walking mm-hmm. but it's so healthy for both of you because as you do the actions and behaviors and, and aspire to be the kind of energy that she needs, right? She needs to learn what it feels like to win and lose for herself, what it means to have self-worth and not, but it's requiring you to pull back some of those layers that still need attention. Right. And this is where, when we talk about boundaries like this, there is no one-way liberation. And as you work to be better for her. It's better for you. She's winning and everybody's stronger, better because of it. But I, I love it because we all have this stuff. We're all figuring out, you know, when I look at sports, is it competition or is it a game? Is it play, you know? Right. And, and it's hard to do that when, yeah, as a parent, I just want my kids to play, but damn it, I want them to win too. And I want them to feel good <laughs> about themselves. But that's where I think I shared with you, Abby Wambach, you know, Olympic soccer phenom says to her kids after they play soccer, I really enjoyed watching you play. So I really enjoyed watching you play. That was fun to watch you play. So it has less to do about how they produce and more to do about how they engage and show up and what, what matters. Right. So. And, and it's funny that you say that because some of, I was just reflecting on like, my most I don't like the word proud of it. I don't I don't sure. love that because it has so much connotation, but but my happiest moments watching her play tennis or my proudest moments watching her play have been during losses mm. when she's like playing her heart out against somebody who's crazy good. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy because she's <laughs> She's, she's not, playing with him. She's leaving it all on the court and she's yeah. so, and she's not getting killed and she's like 
she's like a formidable opponent, you know, and, um, and I love it. And yeah. I, that is the happiest times. That's I so great. And I think to be able to celebrate with her, that level of pride for lack of a better word, um, in the midst of a loss, right? Because yeah. if you lose, it means you're trying for something and there's no shame in that, you know, right. it's like, it's a, it's a zero sum game. So it doesn't, if we said, you know, like if we, if we categorized it differently, mm-hmm. like it's like tests in high school, like mm-hmm. what, what, it, what exactly is that measure? What are we measuring? <laughs> right. Like all I want is for somebody to learn. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's the same thing when you're playing a zero sum game, there has to be a loser and there has to be a winner. And some days you're not going to be the one that that's in the funner spot. That's <laughs> Like, that's the way I think the wins and losses was like, oh, you know, I won just like, I get to be here playing. Right. And that's where, when we focus on the play part and the growth part, not necessarily the competition, the winning, I mean, yeah. and I love competition. Don't make it sound like I just want to give out, you know, participation trophies to everyone, which is fine, but uh-huh. you know, I do love good competition. <laughs> so I'd love, I'd love to win, um, yeah. but it's life should be fun, right? right? Life should be a curious adventure. And but not always. I, I actually don't think that that's, life should be life. Oh, yes. Yes. And yeah, but, but I do agree with what you're saying, but I do like- Thank you for that. So say, let me let me rethink that. Every, everything has to come in, all the things. We should be able to, when offered fun and celebration, we should have access to it. Right. So if I choose to play soccer or tennis or whatever, right. And it's a game and it's fun. Even if it's hard, I want to be able to access the celebration of it, the connection, the enjoyment, um, even when it's hard. Right. So yeah. Raising my kids wasn't always fun, but it's also very fun. Right. So I appreciate you calling me on that. Life no, is I, life. I want to unpack that a little bit, if you don't I like mind. It. No, keep going. Because it, it's really helpful to me. Good. Um, Dig in. Yeah, like I need to feel it for a minute. So I'm changing my mind about this. Okay. You know? And um, tell me, tell me, this is so fun the pain of life mm-hmm. is absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Trying to make it fun or trying to make it um, comfortable mm-hmm. or trying to make it not pain. Right. Is something that we're, we're conditioned as Americans, as people. Take but- a pill for it. Yeah, um, like drink the really, drink for really it. My mind about this, you know, I had the, I had this interesting occurrence in Peru uh, with the person I was the the shaman that I went to work with, and and it was just it was painful. You know, there were there was a point where I was like really crying and very shaken to my core as a woman, especially mm-hmm. and. I felt very unseen and, and it was, it was a trip. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna get, <laughs> it was, it was heavy. Yeah, yeah. It was heavy. And I was like, whoa, 
but it was such a beautiful experience because I had to stay in my soft pain, vulnerability, and those moments were so hard to not, um, to not pop out and be like, it's okay. It doesn't matter. And I don't matter. And, and to be able to say like, no, actually you're doing something right. And you're pretending that you're not. And I have full access to the way I'm feeling and have this person keep telling me, um, oh no, the truth is you this and you that. And I'm like, "Mm, no, that's not truth. I'm not going to listen to that one. It's actually not the truth. And it, and you can have your truth or whatever you want, but, but you can't act like it's mine and that it's absolute because it's not mm. like there is all, there are all kinds of dynamics happening here and you're not the innocent of them. <laughs> and it was just a really, wow. Anyway, I just am really valuing pain these days, or not pain, but valuing the unpleasant moments of life because, because they they happen. They the growth. Mm-hmm. They are actually part of the journey. Like when you get to the top, all of the grueling moments when you fell down or or you were panting or or having a really hard time, those moments are included in that victory. Mm-hmm. you know they can't be put aside and and say like oh they should have been different or happier mm-hmm. I don't think that's true but I do think that I always lived as though it was yeah and causes a lot of suffering that's really beautiful and I appreciate you taking the time to to pause and think that through and you know we we get so caught up in this idea that you know and I even said it like life should be great that life is supposed to be without suffering, right? But right. The, the reality right. of life as I see it is life is the the constant ebb and flow of happiness and suffering. Yeah. And both of them are inevitable. Both of them are ever-changing. Neither one is going to stay forever, right? It's just this. Yeah, it's always and, changing. <laughs> right. And when I look at life, I, I want to when I talk about joy and how I define joy is it's being in the middle of all that and seeing the suffering, calling it what it is, giving it a name, giving it a hug, Mm. right. Saying, I'm not so afraid of you because I know you're not going to stay because here comes happiness, right. And giving it a name and identify and being present in it, but all the while knowing that I'm still here in the middle. Mm. Right. And I'm, I am the thing that is consistent me and my voice, me and my, you know, emerging authenticity as I grow on this evolution, we're going to stay here in the middle and try not to get swept up in all the things, right? To build attachment to the suffering and attachment to the happiness while still being fully present, right? Yeah. Um, we talked a little earlier. I went through a lot this week. I really suffered. I There was some suffering and I stood in it every minute. I yeah. stood in it every minute. I looked at it every minute. I didn't walk away from, I mean, believe me, I wanted to, but it's, I knew it wasn't going to last. So I, I, I looked at it. Yeah. 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 Like I love, I love what you're saying. And and I want to, I just want to pull it out a little bit more. Like, Please do. Um, like, let's, let's say what, what you're calling suffering 
-hmm. I want you to tell me about a moment before the suffering. Like, is it, is it physical pain? Is it emotional? It's all in my, well, um, it's, it's so in my head. It's so it's an, in my head, discomfort, fear, right. The apprehension. Okay. Okay, So it's fear anticipation right and and they say it all the time Seneca we suffer more often in imagination than in reality right you know and some of it is physical sure like you know tension and and whatnot I've trained myself how to sleep like a champ so that's gotten better like I have a lot of things working for me I've just got to keep peeling back the layers right and doing the work and doing the work and what I'm noticing now as I do the work I am walking into it I'm not like crawling in this tiny little bedraggled space right I'm like all right here we go let's get this shit over so I can get back to the the living of my life right and and being present and shaking off the the cobwebs and the dust and the luggage that we carry around (laughs) you know like I'm realizing listening to you that I do have a practice of staying right if this hand is the suffering understanding right before I get there. And sometimes I understand way out here, but a lot of times I'm right there. And it doesn't mean that I don't sometimes go to the suffering because I do. There's like this, if I can tease out, okay, what's happening? Oh, okay. My, I'm hearing internally that I'm not good enough if X, or I'm hearing internally that I should be, I'm shooting on myself <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's bringing me to that door of suffering. And if I understand that, that the mind is going to do that and it doesn't like, I don't need to stop it. I don't need to try to make it not do that. I don't need like some long-term goal of never having my mind tell me a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I can start being like, Oh, okay. Like sometimes like many years ago, it told, they told it, Life, God, my parents told me that I can tell treat my mind with so much kindness because it's working so hard all the time. And I can tell it like, oh, like it said, oh, it's like you're like the minions, like those yellow things. Yeah. <laughs> They're little sweet minions and they have like all these little personalities. And you can be like, oh, you get to rest today. You get a vacation and like I can hug you. I and, love that. And it was so sweet because that that changed my orientation to the mind Mm. and consciousness and like allowing, allowing the mind to be the mind and not like allowing Etsy to play tennis on the court without thinking that I need to micromanage her Mm -hmm. everything. I, I can know when my mind is, is what I need to listen to. And when Mm -hmm. I can let shit go. (laughs) (laughs) You're learning to trust the voice within you. That is, between you and source, you and spirit. And it's okay to let some of the other noise play in as yeah. long as you're clear on, on what that primary source is. So as we, as we slowly close here today, um, I really appreciate you and all of the sharing and the vulnerability and just the willingness to keep this conversation a, a two-sided inquiry so that we're both just channeling good I ideas. Love I love talking to you. And I, oh, I know it's, allow space I don't have you know all the answers or all the magic but I I what it's I have it but when I'm in this space I want to 
celebrate and shine yours. I want to enhance it. I want to take as much of it personally as I can and get as much out. But I have learned for me that when I'm given the space and, and the calm and the, the genuine curiosity from people, so it's always a gift to be able to give that back. So thank you. Kind of to close us, would you share with us the intention that you wrote for today's podcast recording? Yes, let me find it. It is absolutely beautiful. I listened to it before we recorded and I had like my heart really reacted. I had a really strong feeling about it. Okay. So 1111, my intentions for the podcast, all the things with Michaela Bertishaw. We have a wonderful conversation that is fun, interesting, and feeds both of our souls. We experience magical excitement and joy and explore our interests with ease and articulation. I find the exact and right words to convey the messages I'm bringing forth. Like the condor, I am able to bridge messages from the upper world and this world and make them accessible for many, many people to hear. The podcast and this episode are spread far and wide and our voices are magnified for many to hear. The episode is aligned with our greatest good and the greatest good for the involvement of our planet and species. I love it. I love it. I love it. Is there anything that we did not hit on in that? Is there anything left lingering from that intention? I think it was wonderful. It was fun. You were very articulate. Felt very accessible. Appreciate you clarifying a few things. I think we did a great job. I think we did a great job. I love, I love that we, you were at 111. I was at 1111. Uh-huh. I love, I love signs from, from my guidance. And I love when other people tell me about the signs they receive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think we got it all. <laughs> we did it. So one quick question to close us out. Um, and this is something I often ask, but if you could have a billboard, Mm-hmm. telling the world one thing, right? Presuming your business and your interests in that regard are covered, right? So not an advertisement, but if you could say one thing to the world and have it seen by millions, what would it say? Like maybe that life is a great mystery that we'll never understand, but it's for us. Mm-hmm. That we're safe and it's and it's happening for us, not to us. Yes. Um, Lori, I, I, I find you to be such a gift and, and such a mystery. There's so much yet to understand and learn about you. <laughs> um, so I very much look forward to doing that as we continue our journey together. But as we close, how can people find more of you if they want to follow along and this part of your journey? My Instagram is a soul revealed. And, and part of my journey is that I've never really been good at anything social media (laughs) so um so really contacting me personally that would be at a soul revealed at gmail.com I've literally dismantled my website when I moved from Los Angeles and all of that is part of what we were talking about like me being me includes that I've never done things the way other people did them Mm -hmm. that's the magic (laughs) and my husband pointed that out to me the other day he was like you were a banker. You never went to Wharton. You never did the things that JP Morgan wanted you to do. And you've never done things the way other people did them. So why would you start now? 
And so I'm kind of giving myself a permission slip to just be me. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd love um, if anyone wants to contact me or, you know, I do like a 10 minute talk, like a free consultation if people want to see how I work or what, what I'm offering at, at any given time or working one-on-one, I'm happy to just take some time out of my day and, and talk to them and see if we're a good fit. Awesome. Well, that is fantastic. And I can include all of that for all of you, but Lori, I thank you so much. I'm so grateful to our mutual friend, Laura Bell Bundy and her women of tomorrow community for helping us pull this connection together and i'm grateful for you sharing your time and your gift so to all those listening wherever you are whatever you're doing i hope you make it a great day and Lori, i'll see you soon and that's a wrap on another episode of and all the things if you enjoyed today's show please like and follow on apple podcasts spotify and youtube If you really liked it, please go ahead and rate it. Then think about who in your life might also need to hear it and any of the other episodes we have shared. Then share it with them. When you find something meaningful, something valuable, you've got to share it and pay it forward to those you care for. Thanks for joining us and follow along on Instagram at myjoycoach to see more of me, your host, Michaela Bertishaw. And as always, make it a great day.